if you are trying to do what most people call sales and it's making you anxious, frustrated, broke, right? If it makes you feel salesy, sleamy, sleamy, I just made that work up, word up. You know that feeling that gets your hair a little bit like on edge because you know you're feeling a little salesy and slimy and sleazy, right? And you know that that is the big gaping hole in your business. If you're hanging around and out there in shouldville, right? You know what I'm talking about. You should do this and you should follow what they're doing and you should show up like this. Man, I'm telling you, you better buckle up and hang on, and I encourage you to massively hang around because we've got an amazing, amazing guest on our show today who is a self-proclaimed hater of sales for over 30 years, but she has taken that fear and conquered it and now teaches her way of sales from stages all over the country, including her own three-day events and boot camps. She's a best-selling author, she's a coach, she's a mentor, and she is a master at overcoming your ultimate sales mastery. If you're watching from any other platform other than the Aaron Strayer Show, there's a link right above you in the feed. Go ahead and click that. Come on over to our, our page over here. We can see you and comment and answer all your questions. If you're watching from any other platform that doesn't allow you to come over here, thank you so much because we are on quite a few. And you are live on The Aaron Strayer Show. That's me. We are all about promoting, cultivating, and expanding amazing female entrepreneurs. This lady's going to knock your socks off today. I can't even wait for you to meet her. We talk about hot topics. Oh, sales is one of them, right? Like you don't even want to say the word out loud. And we give you massive workarounds to those challenges that we as female entrepreneurs specifically face every single day. Who am I? I'm Erin Strayer and recovering corporates and entrepreneurs hire me to get them business beyond the basics because most are indecisive. They're held hostage by their own fear and quite frankly, have settled for average. So I help them keep on task by setting obtainable goals, plugging gaping holes in their business and their personal lives and taking their dreams to reality. I can't wait for you to meet her. Miss Jackie Simmons is brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Grab your pencil. I hope it's sharpened because here's my friend, Jackie. Well, there I am. It's like being on Star Trek. <laughs> Ta-da. Ta-da. Hi, friend. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I'm so excited because... Like you have been in this space of sales for a lot of years and, and you have mastered it, but you hate it. <laughs> so we're going to clear up some language. Clear it up. <laughs> All right. We're going to clear up some language. I suck at sales. Okay. It's not that I hate it. It's just, I'm not any good at it. And the only time that I was ever any good at sales was when I was in high school and I was in junior achievement and we were selling stock and making a product and selling the product and paying, you know, learning all about business. When I got my first sales gig, you know, and I'm out knocking on doors and eventually praying nobody would answer. It got really ugly. And I made the decision then that I sucked at sales and I was never going to sell again. So I took the one job where you're guaranteed never to sell anything. I got married, had kids. <laughs> and, 
right? Okay, I want to stop you right there for a second because how many of us have sold the candy bars, have sold the Girl Scout cookies, have sold the monogram pencils, right? For the thing in elementary, junior high, high school, right? Yep. And you come home with a full box, the same as what went to school that day. And it happens. We learn right then and there that we suck at sales. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And from that worldview, it's very difficult to make money doing anything. Yeah. Because while businesses solve problems, mm -hmm. you still have to have somebody buy your solution. Yes. And nobody wants to be sold to. Nobody wants to be salesy. It's amazing that anybody makes any money with these mindsets that we end up inheriting. So what I started figuring out was how to deconstruct that. So mm -hmm. that you build a different model for making it easy. Mm -hmm. So I learned about business, this kind of business. I didn't learn about it. I just lived it. See, after a few years of marriage, we couldn't sell each other on the marriage working anymore. And so I'm a single mom. All of a sudden, I've got three kids, age five, three and one. I've got a high school degree, need flexible hours. And the only job I could get was sales. And I knew I sucked at sales. Of course. At the end of the month, I could pay the rent or I could pay the daycare. I couldn't pay both. Mm. So I got lucky and I found and one of my friends said, Jackie, I you know, watch kids in my home. I'm a registered daycare provider. Maybe that would work for you. Well, you've never seen anybody get their license so fast. <laughs> and then I did the only thing I could do. I was walking my kids to the bus stop anyway. I just told everybody at the bus stop. I did not know that was called networking. Oh, right. I mean, I knew nothing about nothing. I just knew I had to get a roof over their head. Yeah. So there is something here called motivation. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is it was a blessing not to know anything about anything, because the more books I've read in the last decade about networking, the more screwed up I think my head got. So I went back to the very basics of what worked for me 30 years ago, mm. 30 years ago now. And realized that the more I learned about what most people call sales, and I've had some training from some of the top name organizations in the country, doesn't work for me. Now, I get that I'm a unique individual. And so it obviously works for a lot of people because a lot of these books get sold. But it didn't work for me. What worked for me was just straight out, straight up. This is who I am. This is what I do. What do you do? Mm. And we call it networking. And most people go to networking with an attitude that guarantees they're going to be frustrated. Right. So I start my networking events with one simple question. I get everybody's attention. All right. You're here. You're here to network. Raise your hand if you came here tonight to buy something. Mm. Everybody look around. If you came here to sell something, you need to start rethinking why you're here. Because no. Like, seriously, like, let's stop there for just a second. Because how many of us are in Chamber of Commerce and go to all the after hours? We go to the wake up, wake up your town, right? We go to the BNIs and we pass the cards out, right? We go to the women networking thing. We pass the card out. We sit at the same table. Hey, right. And you start your pitch right then and there. And it doesn't, 
it doesn't work. Nobody's there to buy. So as soon as I recognized that nobody's going to a networking event to buy, I started going, well, why are they here? Well, they think they're there to sell. So I kind of pulled the teeth from that dragon and started teaching what, well, all right, I'll tell you how this happened. I think it's called Confessions of a Networking Jungle. Um, I networked my assets off. I went to hundreds of events. I gave out thousands of business cards. Aaron, I built up a ton of goodwill. <laughs> right? Money. Yeah, hugs, hugs and handshakes don't pay the bills, do they? They don't. And so one of my friends said, Jackie, you're everywhere. You're a great connector. And by the way, I have no idea what you do. Ah. Uh. Whoa, that's a sucker punch, isn't it? Well, I was really good at hiding. Right. It's hard to build a business and try to hide. It's hard to stay a secret, which is how that whole title thing came up. The journey from secret to success, why I wrote the book, Your Path from Secret to Success, is because this trying to stay a secret, trying to hide, trying not to be too vulnerable, not to be too visible, not to be too, not to be too anything does not work well for business. Okay. It just, it doesn't work well for business. So what happened with the, Oh, there's a word missing. It's your path from secret oh, to success. Just one moment. Like, I'll edit. I'll yep, edit it. You'll edit it. But thank you for popping that up. Your path from, from secret to success. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. It's a how to book. It's a seven week program that people can walk their way through. So the, journey from being a networking junkie to actually teaching people how to master the art of the elevator pitch. That is how my whole journey of creating programs got started. Somebody wanted to know what I had learned about networking. Well, happy to share. Didn't know that I could build a business just from what I was good at. Mm. No, I thought I needed somebody else's and trust me, I'm certifiable. I got lots of certifications from other people. Yeah. Right. Like, don't we all like, let's sit there and think about that for a minute. Like all the courses that we've bought from other people, mm -hmm. all the certifications, like let's not even talk about our, our things that we did in corporate, right. Before we stepped away from corporate, if any of us were in corporate, right. Like all the degrees that we have there too. It's really, really crazy. Cause we're all super certified, maybe mm -hmm. psycho certified. I don't know. But definitely <laughs> certifiable. Um, that's, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can honestly, I have lots of evidence to support the, the belief that I am certifiable. Right. Yeah. And I've invested a lot and most people invest a lot in the education. And what they forget is that the journey they're on, what they've learned along the way mm -hmm. is what other people are willing to pay for. Right. So that they don't have to do it themselves. The day that my marketing message, my intro got my why inside it, mm. my why, why do I do what I do? I do what I do because it took me over 30 years to figure it out. And I don't think anybody else should have to take that long. Right. That's it. That's, That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. And I think in, in, I, I love this and I want to, I want to take this and segue into your shouldville, right? Oh. <laughs> because <laughs> because it still makes me like laugh so much from our prior conversations about shouldville. And I'm like, so many of us land in that shouldville and we don't take the time to figure out what you just said, as far as 
hey, I have, I am certifiable and I got 30 years to prove it and it shouldn't take you that long, right? It really, and the, the should is really pretty funny in that sentence when I say it, because people know me. I actually give out should bill cards, okay? You come to one of my events and you should on yourself or worse, somebody else, I'm gonna give you a leaving should bill card. Okay? <laughs> we need t-shirts. Yeah, we need t-shirts leaving oh should build. Can there I make those for you? <laughs> you can make this for me. Erin okay. and I have started a new business. You all heard it first here. We are in the t-shirt making business. It's going to have leaving should build on the front or on the back. And the other side, is, we'll figure this out. The right. other side is going to have the four truths. Now, when I first wrote them, they were no money I've ever spent was wasted. No time I've ever spent was lost no word I've ever read was useless and no person I've ever met was evil. So I had the four no's and I got one hell of a lot of pushback, sure. I got pushback from two groups. Ooh. The first group that pushed me back were all the positive thinkers, all the people who understood that your subconscious mind cannot hear a negative. And so they told me I was reinforcing that money I spent was wasted in time. I, I'm like, Oh crap. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, all right. I get it, but it's funny. They yeah. didn't think so. The other group that pushed back were the people who are absolutely dead certain that they have met some evil people in their lives. And I got pushed back from the historians and I got pushed back. From, so I was like, all right, we're going to fix this. We're going to flip it. Here's we go. Here's a truism. Some days just look better upside down and should for me. I can't type that fast. Some days just look better upside down. Now I can't claim that sentence. That belongs to Eeyore, you know, the friend of Winnie the Pooh, live in the hundred acre. I know Eeyore. Yeah. yeah. So I have that on a plate with Eeyore standing on his head. And I was like, all right, let's just take my four truth path out of Shouldville and let's just flip it on its head and see what it sounds like. Well, you know, I come from, well, maybe you don't know, but I come from a family of preachers. My daddy's daddy and his daddy and his daddy. And it was five generations of preachers. So this is what it sounds like from that point of view. Every penny I have ever spent was well spent, even if I would not spend a penny that way today. <laughs> you like that one? Every second I have ever lived was well lived. Even if this is the last second I have to live, it's a life of no regrets. Every word I've ever read, every word a teacher ever said was useful, even if I disagree with it. Isn't it funny? She's even got her preacher voice on. I got my preacher voice on. <laughs> and that's about no judgment. So it ends up being no guilt, no regret, no judgment. And the last one is every person I have ever met enriched my life in some way, even if I would not choose to spend a second with them today. That's huge. And that's no blame. No blame. No blame. We are where we are in the moment that you can put yourself where you are and be completely present, recognizing that every this is the good one. Okay. Every saint has a past mm -hmm. and every sinner has a future. And if you just stay in the present moment, your past is simply your education to get you ready for this moment. You get to choose what you do with this moment. 
which is why I just launched that book, Make It a Great Day, The Choice is Yours, to help inspire teenagers. Mm. Because we don't know anymore in this country that we've got a choice. Yeah. You've got a choice what you do with this moment. You've got a choice what you do with your next sales conversation. You can walk into it with the same attitude you had in your last one, carrying that last one with you, or you can walk into it with this attitude of curiosity and expectation and self-confidence. The choice really is yours. Yeah. And isn't it all about, isn't like, that's so pertinent in my world too, is my attitude is all about my choice. Like it's only my choice. It's not up to somebody else, right? Like I don't get to absorb somebody else's attitude. Oh, but we do. We do all the time. We do all the time. I call this having porous boundaries. <laughs> porous I, boundaries. I, ah, that's so good. <laughs> I did not know where I ended and where other people began. Yeah. This was part of my journey. And I've been very blessed, Erin. I have worked with some of the most amazing mentors. And one of them, lady named Catherine Yarborough, did this wonderful retreat. And we built these structures. We could use whatever it was in the room. And some people were just laying out these kind of boundary things. Not me. I'm pulling the cushions and the furniture. And I built this thing that I could actually crawl in. And then we had things that we put in there to represent our lives. And the exercise was then to sort them and keep what was me inside the superstructure and everything that was not me, put it outside. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, my kids, are they inside or outside? Um, people were where I struggled the most. Anything that was not living and breathing, I could pretty much figure out me or not me. Right. But if they were living, breathing on two legs, I wasn't so sure. Mm. And that was a very telling exercise for me. So I started on this journey to heal my boundaries because I realized I was kind of like a sieve. You know, you know how they used to make a colander? They would take a solid metal bowl and they'd take a hammer and a nail and they would whack holes in it. And what I realized is that every negative emotional history, every unresolved negative emotional event of my life, any moment that happened that was too fast, too confusing, too painful or too scary, was like somebody had poked a hole in that bowl. Somebody had punched a hole in my soul. And I could not get enough joy, enough success, enough love in the top of my funnel. It all leaked out the bottom. And other people's crappy attitudes could seep in. So that was the journey I went on. When I talk about personal and professional development, I can talk to people about strategy, elevator pitch, business building, all of that. And I will tell you, your income will never outgrow your personal development. It's so because true. the personal development is where we see not heal these things, not have scars. When you start on this journey, it's actually like watching film go backwards where the hammer comes back and the nail comes out and the bowl regains its original integrity. Mm. It is completely possible to have that kind of permanent resolution around these holes, but most people don't know it. They think that the way they are, they're just going to be stuck that way for their whole lives. And I am like, oh, no. <sighs> yeah. So, so if I've got a stump, this is my stump. What's happened to you up until this moment was the perfect thing to happen to you to get you ready for the next moment. All you got to do is decide that that's true. You guys, like the nuggets, seriously, like the... the I hope you guys got a wheelbarrow because like I've been writing stuff down, Jackie, I'm uh, like, I'm digging this. I'm digging this. Um, and I'm really excited too, that I want to 
one of your other points that I really want to dive into is um, your theory on the ballpark. And I know you're a huge sports fan and I know that that like really resonates with you and you have this whole, so this is for the guys out there or the women or anybody for that matter. Um, and how like this whole ballpark theory lines up and resonates with you and connects in with sales. And cause that's, what you're all about. I mean, you're all about doing it different and you're all about getting out of Shouldville and you're all about like um, networking. Your own attitude. Yes. Yes. Going to network events, not selling, right? Like oh, yeah. seriously, people change the way that you're thinking, change, oh change your expectations. It is a lot of fun, Erin. I mean, you and I met because we had clear expectations. We were yes. both at the marketers cruise and yep. we were there specifically to build relationships and create joint venture partners. Yep. I mean, that we knew why we were there. Most people don't know why they do anything. And that's where the ballpark theory really helps with my clients understanding why they do what they do. Yeah. The simple story, and I will give you the short version because we really deep dive into it in the training. The short version, every young ball player who gets called up to play for the majors ends up wide-eyed at the ball field. They see pictures of famous ball players, they see trophies, and if they're lucky, which means it happens all the time, they see God. It's the club owner. <laughs> they rush <laughs> over. Yeah, well, for them, this is right. God. Okay, you know, they rush over and they near about take that man's arm off. You know, club owners have seen this before. So a good club owner will invite the ball player into his office. And so I'm just going to take you all there. So here's the club owner walking down the hall with his suit and tie. And here's the ball player behind him like a big floppy dog. I'll follow you anywhere. They get into the office. The club owner shows him a chair. So the ball player, well, you'd have thought there were tacks in the chair. He cannot get his assets to stay sitting down. He is just so excited to be there. So the club owner, seen it before, slides a couple of pieces of paper across the desk, says, son, read these, and then we'll chat. These are the rules of the ballpark. Oh, yeah, no problem. I'm going to have such a good time. The kid picks up paper, starts reading, and starts settling down. By the time he gets to the bottom of that second page, he looks up at the club owner. He's got this wrinkle on his forehead. Um, you know, um, I, don't, I don't like some of these rules. And the club owner says, son, you have three choices. Option one, you can accept the rules of the ballpark without conflict. Play ball, make money, have fun. That's option one. Option two, you can argue with the rules and create conflict. You'll still play ball. You won't make as much money because you'll struggle to get to practice and you'll pay fines. And I'll guarantee you will not have as much fun. That's option two. Option three, you can get out of my ballpark. Whoa, just got here, don't wanna leave. <laughs> what were those first two options? <laughs> option one, accept the rules without conflict. Decide that you like them. Play ball, make money, have fun. Or option two, argue with the rules create conflict, not have as much fun, not make as much money, even though you'll still play ball. Now, that ball player had spent his whole life dreaming of three things. 
play ball, make money, have fun. It was a very easy decision for him. And this played out in my world beautifully. I got exposed to this story, this much of the story. And one day I realized, holy crap. Hmm. Oh, when I go to visit my mama, whose ballpark am I in? If I'm the ball player, I've got three options. I could accept the rules of my mama's ballpark without conflict. That would have the virtue of never having been tried. <laughs> or I could argue with the rules and create conflict, which is how I'd spent most of my life. Or I could get out of her ballpark, but you know, it's my mama and I want my kids to know their grandma. So one day I thought, well, what if I did like the ball player? What if I just decide that I like her rules just fine? Remember, we talked about choices earlier. Decide that I like her rules just fine. What, what would that do? Well, I didn't tell my mama, but I did tell my kids. And on the drive to my mama's house, hey, kids, we're going to grandma's. What are the rules? What are the expectations? By the time we got to mama's, and it was about a five-hour drive, we were all on the same page. And what happened was really quite interesting because nothing happened except the conversation changed. Yes, mama, you want to go to the store in a half an hour. Hey, kids, store, 30 minutes, let's go. No arguments, no back talk, not from me, not from them. They went, turned off the TV, got their shoes. We were out the door in 30 minutes. And my mama was like, the fact that my mama didn't have a heart attack that first visit is a testament to her strength because it was that different. There was just no conflict. And I come from a family of conflicted people. We can, we can argue with ourselves. I mean, we don't really need anybody else. Right. So it was a huge, huge shift. Now, that's as far as the story went for many years. And then one day it dawned on me that if ball players have three options and we're a ball player in a lot of areas of our life, what about where we're not a ball player? Does that mean I'm a club owner? When my mama comes to visit me, whose ballpark is she in? Oh, mine. Well, now that's interesting because I've never claimed it. As a matter of fact, I would spend my time contorting my household to make my mama more comfortable, much to the chagrin of my husband at the time. So what would happen if I claimed my ballpark? What would that look like? And instead of three options, I realized club owners have three responsibilities. And the first one is to flip and own your ballpark, write your rules down. What are your rules? And write them down. That's the first responsibility. The second is to communicate them clearly, like the club owner in the story. Sit down your new ball players, your employees, your people, your family. Share the rules of the ballpark. Apply them equitably is the third one. Not equally equitably because you wouldn't have the same expectations of a 12 year old that you would have a two year old. Right. I hope. <laughs> Just say, okay. Remember right. I work with parents. Okay. So this whole journey, once I got the fact that I was a club owner, what would it look like if I claimed my ballpark when my mama came to visit? Now, once again, I did not tell my mama. And the only thing that happened was the conversation changed. Yes, mama, you want to have breakfast at seven. We have breakfast at 630. Do you want to have oatmeal or eggs or do you want to fix your own later? 
Yes, mama, you want to watch your TV show at 730. We got to be on the ballpark field for practice at 630. Do you want to come with us or do you want to stay here and watch your show alone? Now, my mama, was she didn't know the ballpark theory and I did not give her her options. Okay, I just changed the conversation. She was in option two that first visit. There was some conflict. But by her next visit, she accepted the rules of my ballpark just fine because clarity helps. Mm -hmm. And then the most amazing thing happened, Erin. My mama took option three and quit coming to my ballpark. My husband thought this was a great idea. I'm sure. My mama thought it was a great idea. It was her idea. There was no conflict. It's not like she was giving anything up. She just absolutely felt more comfortable in her ballpark. I took the kids, went down there. My husband took option three and stopped going to visit her. She thought that was just fine. So, I mean, you know, everybody was happy. Yeah. That's how the ballpark theory works. See, and that's so relevant. You guys seriously go back, rewind these last three, like, from the ballpark as a player to the owner of the ballpark, massive, massive, massive to apply not only to your life, but right? To but to your business and how you attack, direct, engage, have relationships, make new relationships, cultivate those relationships, right? Like, and then eventually you sell those relationships because that's what we do. We buy, from, people buy from people. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. You don't have to sell at that point. See, here's what right. sales is. Sales is not a club owner, ball player relationship. Sales is a club owner, club owner relationship. Yes. It's forming a league. Yes. And that's true whether it's a speaking arrangement where you're the event host or you're the speaker or whether it's any other transaction. It starts out being <clears throat> club owner to club owner. Mm, mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Hands down. Done. <laughs> like this is why this is why Jackie and I connected. Right. Like this is why we yes, we were on. We were on the same at the same event for mm -hmm. the same purposes. We knew the rules going in ahead of time mm -hmm. and neither one of us crossed the line. Neither one of us crossed the line. And here it is. This is what five months late, six months later, yeah. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And we have cultivated this relationship over the last five or six months. And here oh. we are, right? And, and yes. And cultivating for us was one message, one message, one message done. Right. And yeah. Let's play. Yep. It can be that fast. And I want to just let people know it doesn't, it's not a long process. No. The no. know, like, and trust journey. When you have clarity on whose ballpark you're in, what your rules are, this kind of thing, that journey can happen. So fast, so fast. I want to take a quick moment. We, um, I want to acknowledge that we are at our time, but I want to spend, some, I know it just went by so quick, Jackie, but I want to take some time and I want our people that are still watching with us on some of our other platforms um, and those that are going to watch our replay just to be aware. I want to talk real quick about um, what you have going on and what you have um, brought for our people. Wow. TotalSuccessLife.com is where your people can get a gift from me. It is the seven rules to a total success mindset. So gracious. <laughs> Seriously, people. So this is my gift. Everyone can have this. It is absolutely, if you follow these seven rules, 
it will help you move forward to create what you want, not settle for what you've got. Mm, seriously? And you are talking to a bunch of go-getters? Yeah. Foot forward, massive thought leaders. These people don't let grass, they're like me and you, Jackie. We don't let grass grow under our feet. Yeah. And like, what's the next thing? What's coming down the chute? What's going on? Who can I talk to? Let's connect. Let's do this, right? And for 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 our people, like the seriously, the seven rules to this total success, mind mastery is brilliant. Like I, I scanned down through it just before we went live and I'm like, oh my living, it's it's brilliant. You guys seriously just go grab it and just scan it put it in like file it, put it in your pocket. Don't put it too far behind in your file because it's, it's really, really so beneficial and it's so um, relevant to what we specifically as business owners, parents, spouses, partners, whatever mm -hmm. collaborators on every, cause all of those relationships are collaborative. Every single one of them are collaborative and we get to work through these steps um, to make those collaborative efforts successful. You want your kids to do something? Guess what? You have to sell them. And you have to sell them collectively. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? what, what it is is that you want them to buy. When they yes. say you got to get buy-in, that got really dissed for a while. And the reality is it's not about buy-in. It's just about you want them to buy. Yeah. They want to buy. They aren't being given a compelling enough story to help them buy. Yes. And so getting those stories down, getting those messages down is why I created the courses that I teach. This is what you have to have. You have to be able to connect with people quickly. And that's how the ultimate sales mastery course got born was people needed to connect with people quickly. And I did a one hour training on that that is also free and online. And so anybody who wants it can shoot me a note. You know, I'll be happy to send them the link. They can hop on the webinar. It's how to sell with confidence and ease, how to own your value and sell with confidence and ease is the webinar. And they can have access to all of that information. It covers all eight components. And they'll hear the ballpark theory again. I can't stop talking about that one. It's beautiful. And if you guys are watching the recording or listening to our podcast, thank you so much. You can reach Jackie at Jackie, J-A-C-K-I-E, at Jackie Simmons, S-I-M-M-O-N-S dot com. Um, last minute, like mm -hmm. one, uh, I just want to drop this because this has been so relevant since you dropped this little quote. Um, it's going on a t-shirt too, Jackie Simmons. You can't do life wrong. Close the show out with that. You cannot do life wrong. And that when you grasp that, you no longer have any guilt, shame, blame, crap. It's the fastest path out of Shouldville. When you just buy that you cannot do life wrong, you don't ever have to sell again. Mm. We're letting that land, people. I adore this lady. I um, I am so glad she's in my circle. I am so glad that we have nurtured our our collaboration, our our initial sharing of the cruise ship <laughs> efforts in a really really warm weather. Um, and I am so excited to see where this goes, Jackie. I'm really really grateful for you. Um, I'm grateful for the approach that you bring to sales. I'm grateful um, that you've 
you were available today to jump in, to share your message with our people that are just massive, massive go-getters and want to do things differently like you, like, and implementing some of these uh, like Shouldville and ballpark theories into their world so that they don't do life wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So that you can create. It is from this place out, out. Shouldville is a dark, dank place where lives get lived and dreams go to die. If you want to be able to create the life of your dreams, you got to get out of Shouldville and you yeah. want to stay out of Shouldville. And from that place, every other place is a place of creativity. Mm. And we need for people to be creative. Mm. We got so many t-shirts coming just from this, Jackie. <laughs> You guys, seriously, we have been live today on the Aaron Strayer Show with the amazing Jackie Simmons. Please reach out to her, Jackie, at JackieSimmons.com. You can uh, get all the fav- fabulous things. We're going to drop some links in here when we're done. You're welcome to go and um, click those and go hang out in Jackie's world because it will enrich your life for the rest of your life. I guarantee it. Thank you, Jackie, so much for your time. Everybody else, we'll see you right back here soon. Take care. <laughs>